This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. The BFM Breakfast Grill, connecting you to top people and ideas. Powered by U-Mobile, Malaysia's number one 5G network. BFM 89.9, I'm Philip C and this is The Breakfast Grill. Joining me in the studio today is Tan Sri Dorustri Lim Hock San, Executive Chairman of LBS Bina Group Berhad. We discuss with Tan Sri how this property and construction player has performed post-pandemic and whether his diversification strategy is yielding fruits. Good morning, Tan Sri. You doing well? Yeah, good morning. How are you? I'm doing very well. You oh. must be doing very well. 2023 okay, thank you. seems to be a very good year for LBS Bina. I think you're on track for record sales. Are you close to that magic number of 2 billion sales this year by end of the year? We are still struggling. Uh, there is thing now. But by then, we will make the announcement by early next year. I uh, see. But we, at, at, at current trajectory, where are your sales I think today uh, we have a at? booking of 1.8 billion. In fact, 1.5, including 1.57 billion ringgit uh, so far secured. And of course, because some of the project was delayed launching, as a result, the figure may not be... Uh, today, we have 1.8 billion booking plus, uh, including the 1.57 billion the sales we have mm. But how we define 1.57 billion means that the bank, the purchaser has obtained a loan, then we call it the sales Mm. I, I guess the question here is, you know, give us a bit of a horizon of what 2024 looks like. You know, you are uh, scheduled for this second half to complete and hand over eight new projects to new homeowners, right? What is the likely momentum for 2024? Can you sustain it from 2023? Yeah, I think currently you can see uh, by this year, we have delivered or going to be delivered 4,630 units. Uh, GDV of 2.32 billion for sure we will hand over and my God there is one more one more project to be delivered by next week so we make it 2.32 billion and then we had an unbuilt sales of 2.3 billion ringgit I mean unbuilt sales mean we can then we also look uh, currently we have 21 projects ongoing mm. with a GDV of 6 billion ringgit but available for sales of 1.33 billion it takes time to sell from today until next uh, second quarter by the June next year we are going to come up with 5 more projects to be on the market worth 1.633 billion so it will become to be close to 3 billion ringgit but of course we cannot simply launch a project we want to see the market sentiment mm. and these 5 projects I think definitely can sell let's build on this point uh, the environment seems conducive you were just now saying that you have five projects coming up, yeah. which you quote, definitely can sell. What makes a project definitely can sell? I think the three or four projects, say, talking about the Clangwady, most of the projects in Clangwady, and one of them in there in this, we call it Sky Rio, Sky Rio, in the D Island. It's affordable housing. Then the other one also in Banda Saojana Putra, also selling to three, uh, 300 to 400,000. Then the other one is in Alam Pratana. Then we are selling the affordable housing. So I think this all this can sell, mm. uh, depending how, what the speed on that. But this is a requirement, uh, mostly on Glenwelly. Of course, we have someone in Cameron Highlands and one in Kotong Jaya. Mm. I mean, you, you listen to you, right? Most of these projects are what we call affordable housing. And mm. if you reflect on the history of LBS Bina, you, you you were here about 25 years ago at the start of the century at the part of the Asian financial crisis, right? And of course, you really hit the niche by 
pushing for affordable housing. But I wonder going forward now, right, where home ownership in Malaysia is close to 75%, right? How much more demand is there for affordable housing? Are we going to reach peak ownership soon for affordable housing? I believe that I'm confident that in the next few years still the affordable housing should the need in the market. Because you know that every year how many uh, how many young people graduated from university they also need a house. But of course they are starting pay two thousand plus. Mm. So there's a price. So once they reach a level they when they start to set up a family, they also need a house. So that is thing that we are looking at. Because early nineteen ninety we started to talk about affordable housing. Everybody telling me that well, if what you just have to say that the market may be saturated over the time. But I believe that market is still there. But this one depends on the location, type of houses and prices. These three things that developers are looking at. You cannot simply build a house outskirts, there's no population. Mm. Uh, therefore, you see what the need, what can see. Which I guess begs the question is what is, what is affordable? You know, when you started off, affordable houses were about 18 feet to 60 feet, 135,000. Now you're selling it at about 250 to 500,000, right? It's three times the price where it was 25 years ago. Many will argue that actually affordable houses are not affordable. I think so. You know, the, but you see, affordable housing, the defy people can afford. There's no such definition of the pricing, correct? Unless the government say enforce, this is much like this uh, idaman, idaman that you fix two hundred fifty thousand, two hundred eighty thousand. That is thing we had to we had to comply, because in every other scheme, we need to provide the uh, how many percent low cost or this uh, low income for them. Mm. It's very good for the government. And that's the problem, right? Incomes are not growing as fast as that. So I don't know how people can afford all these houses. Uh, then. So they have to go. Uh, they have to think of. Uh, Innovative financing yeah, schemes. Financing scheme, family scheme. Uh, hopefully the government can give them an extension on the year. Instead of 25 years, make it 40, 50 year loan. Mm. And what they do is say, oh, okay, joining with the son or this thing. This is thing. the thing. But the developer had to think of, because today developer, uh, we had to buy a very expensive the, uh, the land, very expensive construction material go up. So all the inflation go up. So you cannot, because 130,000 at a time, we can only spend 70,000, 80,000, today one house costs us several thousand, 100,000 to build. Yeah, that's really remind me, right? How have the margins eroded for you? When you first started in 97, 98, right? How much margin were you making in a you know, house versus what you're doing now? Affordable housing at the time was about 15%. 15% gross, margin. Gross, mm-hmm. But today we also look into this figure, but even if, depending of what sort of houses? It's like this are affordable housing that Idaman, Rumah Idaman, that we cannot get a very good profit, but we leave it to our construction arm, NGB, to do it. So we don't, will not spend so much time on this. But the other things that we are doing, because we are cutting out the cost, not cost, we are trying to save the cost, whatever thing. And very fortunate, some of the land that we bought it earlier. Mm. If you buy the present land that you want to develop, you cannot sell at this price. Mm. And that's the tension you have. I mean, one of the great things about LBS Bina is that, look, you have a huge land bank, right? Your GDP of more than 35 billion, over 2,790 acres of land bank. But the issue is that it's not all in Klang Valley, isn't it? It's all spread out all across Johor, Perak, Pahang, Selangor as well. Yeah, but the, uh, yes, but the, just for your information, every year our sales 
mainly 80 to 90 percent are from the Klang Valley. Mm. Because the other area we have, huge land bank, that we uh, like Batu Bahat, we have. We cannot build apartments. We can only build landed properties with the price of $300,000, $400,000. In Ipoh, similarly, you cannot build apartments because demand is not there. But the other area like Johor Bahru can. Mm. So what are you going to do with the land bank which you cannot build property for then? What, what What's your solution then? Since what you're telling me here is that, look, there are only specific geographies and locations where you can use the land bank. The remaining land bank then is a waste? No, no, I think it's not that we... I think if you keep the land bank for a long time, the value will go up. Mm. When the economy grow, grow the, the outskirts area will get getting more. But sometimes we also uh, lease up the land to, to someone who really want the land for agriculture purpose. Are you worried about overhang? Because there's been so much talk about market overhang here. And so far, it seems to be not happening the case. But every time we, we get into this cycle that we're going through a severe oversupply, under-demand issue, is this an issue of specific segments that are experiencing overhang here in the market? We have been talking the overhang for so many years. Yeah, man. For since 1990, I know the Prime Minister say, oh, our property market will burst. But I don't believe it because... Our is different from China. China, they are buying for investment. We are buying the people today are buying to stay. As for LBS property, LBS development, we don't have so much overhang. So we make sure the project can sell. I, I think what is most interesting is when you sell a property in the future, right, it has to meet ESG compliance. I mean, you have to start thinking about how do you make your properties more environmentally sustainable, right? You know, for someone like you, where you started the business where you didn't have these considerations, how difficult has it been to transition towards something that's closer to ESG compliance when it I comes to your properties? for the newcomer, they have you know, they had a very big challenge. Now. For us, uh, just for your information, we obviously committed to ESG. So that I heard telling my project people, before you start your design, you make sure you incorporate whatever ESG inside the design, like the the rainwater harvesting, whether you sort of panel, whether this and the using the, whatever the requirement by this part. Also, we are committed to, to try to to help the government. The government going to implement one million tree to plant the tree. Then we also ask our people also commit to build tree. So this is thing all inside of it. No, I start to, every meeting we have, I'm talking about how you comply, how you get ESG, can you tell me how many, because you got a point for you to score. So I think you might achieve uh, ESG, the green, the RE, all these things. I start to learn all these things. But it's all talk, right? I mean, in the end, all this, when you say plant trees, do rainwater harvesting, all this is cost to the business, right? Yes, of course. So yes. how do you transfer the cost to the customer? The customer they, willing to pay, uh? Huh? Customer willing to pay, uh, for all this. I think all incorporate inside the, the design, so we cut costs. Not cut cost, we have to save the cost on this thing. Like this morning, they say, you're talking about ESG. This morning, I was asked to to see our building office rooftop. They are putting the solar panel. Ask them, they spend three hundred thousand. So my people say every year we can save eighty thousand. So for twenty year, we save we will save two million. Okay, we're going to take a quick break on the breakfast grill. I have with me Tansri the Sri Lim Hock San, executive chairman of LBS Bina Group Berhad. Stay tuned. BFM eighty nine point nine. You are listening to The Breakfast Grill, brought to you by U-Mobile, Malaysia's number one 5G network.
Welcome back. I have in the studio with me Tansri Datuk, Lim Hoksan, Executive Chairman of LBS Bina Group, as we have a discussion on how LBS Bina is planning to expand beyond affordable homes. So now let's turn our attention to diversification. And one of the key businesses that really is doing extremely well for you is MGB Berhad, right? KLSC listed. You provide in-house construction, industrialized building system capabilities, which also helps you downstream, isn't it, in your property sector. It relies, reduces your reliance on other third-party providers, right? Do you expect this business to grow even faster than your property business? Yeah, I think so. Uh, because uh, one thing about the uh, NGB, IBS precast system, also part of the ESG. Because you can go to the site to see that they're using the precast, then less rubbish, you know. Not like the last time I see the conventional, they use this. There are a lot of rubbish to be cleared. This one part of this. Secondly, also, I ask them to go for, try to get less carbon emission, especially the generator, they usually the diesel. They say they, 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 they brief me, generator, they, you diesel, like, sometimes you cannot control the worker, whether mm. they put the diesel inside, churi churi. Huh? <laughs> then another thing, there's quite a lot of carbon monoxide or this emission. That's yeah. why I think they are looking into it now. Even they were painting, using AI, plastic. That is one of the things NGB is growing very fast. Mm. So now one of the projects, you know, they, they are even going to expand to Saudi Arabia when you see from this paper. That's right, I heard. And the goal is to break even by second half of next year, can I? Hopefully, that thing. Because uh, some people also worry about the risk investing in the, the Middle East. Because I think several years, many years ago, many of the Malaysian contractors suffer. But ours is different from the others. Because I think uh, you can you go to Saudi Arabia, you see they are moving. The country are liberalized now. A lot of things they not approved, they approved. So we are the operator for the precast panel. They had a factory in Jeddah, three times the size of our factory in Inai. Our Inai production is 100,000 cubic meters per year. They said 300,000. So we are supply, supply and lay. So you don't pay me, then I stop. So nothing, the risk is not there. Okay. I'm so curious to see how LBS Bina thinks about diversification. I mean, in the first half of the segment, we talked about affordable homes, but even I get a sense from you, based on our land bank structure, you know, there's a, a certain limit to where affordable house will take LBS Bina growth, right? How do you as a conglomerate diversify? What is the right strategy? Is it market diversification, like you go outside Malaysia more? Or do you do stuff upstream or downstream for the business? Actually, uh, I think what I can say, the main Break butter still affordable house, housing. We cannot divert. But we also think of diversifying in order to increase, to have more portfolio on that. Assuming that uh, by next year, by the middle of next year, we may, we are going to plan, we're going to launch the industrial park in the Ichok there. I think around GDV grows around 700 million. Then we're going to set up, uh, we're going to have some uh, industrial project in Telokong there. So that's one of the projects we are, we are going on. Then we're also looking into the uh, green energy. It secured these uh, 20... 29 megawatts from the megawatt. government, right? For solar power green, capacity. green, all these things. Yeah. So we are diversifying these things. So give me some context to how do you get into this solar bandwagon? I mean, as you said, right, you secure a solar power capacity of 29 megawatts from the government. It's crowded. Everybody is trying to enter the space. How did you decide that this was something that you wanted to do, that it was important, that it would be actually value creative to LBS Bina? I think we are also, uh, because, the, we, because we are looking into the long term, because sometimes we think of, uh, I don't know, everybody has been doing the same, same thing. The same thing, right? Same. 
But we also, but of course, when we do this, we also look into the IRR, the what alternate. Will they, we decide on this green energy project, will there any profit? If no profit, what can, what should I do? So we have to think of the bottom line, whether this IRR is good for us. Would you use your land bank to expand your solar capacity? If there is, if there is a good project, but of course, in the end of the day, we also want to see their return. What is your IRR? I don't think what we are looking for. <laughs> <laughs> to me, very straightforward. Huh? Yeah. I tell my people, when I invest on this project, they say 25 years, they have 21 years the government has given me this, uh, this contract. You must at least 7 years or 10 years take back all the capital. Mm. This is the thing. You, 7 years or 15, some people say 10 years, 15 years, 10 years. But if you can get it, the, the faster you can get, then it's good for us. Mm. Then because that this is the thing. But I think I will look into all the cost, commitment, cost, interest rate, all these things. But I'm sure we decide a lot of banks want to do because the bank is uh, committed to ESG. Yeah. Everyone is committed, not even bank. We are people also committed. So part of this is to uh, an diversification. But to me, it's not a big income to the company. It's one of the small portion. What is a really big diversification move for you? Is it, for example, going into tourism, like going into the hotel business, right? Is it opening entertainment zones, like what you see in Zhuhai, the, the motorcycle circuit there, right? What is the right diversification focus area where it's substantive and big for LBS Bina then? I think so. We are looking into a big township. Then we have identified a portion, a, big, a small portion, a portion of land for all the commercial activities. And one project I need to uh, share with you that we have signed, the, I think you know, the land reclamation in Malacca. We are going to do an industrial port, 180 hectare of land. So we are getting the relevant approval for relevant authorities. Then we want to look for the investor, especially from China or other countries. We also want to see, to us, you see what sort of profit you can sustainable to the company. So we have another parcel of land in the port, ship, ship repair. So we have been, that's why investors are so keen on that. Mm. So we're looking whether we wanted to invest. But in the end of the day, I want to look, look into the risk and look into the, uh, the return. Mm. All these are figures. Yeah, I think all these are figures. And I, I wonder out loud, right, how you think about your payback periods for all these investments because it is very hard when you start entering all these areas which you're not comfortable with, because right? Because to me, very simple. Because meaning, well, to me, my, my mind, I just seven years my payback. If you can pay back in five years, better. But, but not, so, not so easy. But certain projects can pay back in seven years. So projects which are currently you have in the pipeline, like for example, your Scapes Hotel in Gunting Islands. Not making money now. Not making money. Not making money. You have your project in China, the Zuhai International Circuit, also not making money. Mm. Profit, be- PBT loss margin 34%, right? Do you see the trajectory for them to pay back in seven years? And if it doesn't, right, what happens then? Okay, this is thing that well, people are looking into it, just for information. Uh, scale Hotel, I think, was informed by the, the management that they are looking how to improve because uh, as for information, the last last month, the turnover, I mean, the occupation rate around 40 percent. It's terrible. Terrible. Yeah. Because something is then, maybe we say how to, maybe get a tour guide, tour. But sometimes, currently, they are, want to know what is the market. How can you have 40 percent in Genting Highlands? Some more, all yeah. places, yeah. Genting Highlands. Like 40% is terrible. But, it was good during the MCO and this opened up, even achieved to 90%. So I think we are still looking at why this 40%. So that is the thing I would say. 
cost important. At least you don't lose money. Uh, this and that. I, I think this is where, look, you're very clear about your thresholds of profitability. And in Malaysia, you have some control, right? You can either change management or you push hard and whack yes. it, right, to you deliver the number here. But in places like China, like that international circuit, right, that's like sunken money, isn't it? That is lost cost. I think so. uh, China, we don't get any financing in China. But China, I think the operating, because I think last two, last year they making loss due to depreciation. I think if I don't remember, I not mis- correct me if I not mistake. But I don't even look into it now. So small. And then I think maybe the pandemic really affected the China. And certainly cannot do. Certainly cannot do. Mm. So we hope to start to come back by next year. Mm. So I'm just looking at it right. You have a solar business. You have an entertainment zone. You have hotels. You're getting into the integrated port business. What is next for LBS Bina in diversification? My, Can you share what are the things that you, have re- you really feel excited about that you want to explore and pursue? Just for to share with you that I I really looking for a land for landed properties. Mm. Something like not in the not in the town. Not in the city, because the town, city, the Saturated land, very really. expensive. Mm. So if I get a bit outskirts, it's a, a big piece of land, then I can focus more on lender properties, selling four hundred, five hundred thousand 500000 that people can afford. And as we reflect, right, I mean, twenty more than 25 years, the business has grown extremely well. You're on, on, on track to do extremely well this year. I wonder, as a business, right, run entirely by family. I mean, if I look at the management team, it's entirely run by your children, sisters, brothers, right? They dominate your management structure. I wonder if shareholders have ever asked you, you know, when will you start taking on board professional managers? I think we have, but you can see, uh, of course you can see that all the key people, uh, like my brothers who is heading as a managing director, I'm the executive chairman. But something you might know that if there is, not say, the, you, people say a family business, we had a, a group of professionals who sit on the board and then management also there also come in. And then we have second generation. We build our second generation. Of course, you can see my son uh, working. One of them is working in the treasury in control and the finance. The other son working in the in the construction arm, working hard. So the other ones is on the ESG, all these things. All these are working very hard. They, they don't, uh, uh, they also going for the clocking. You have to go to... They earn their stripes. They have to go clocking from 8 to 5, yeah. all these things. They also procedure, they all follow the rule. Then, of course, we have trained all the younger generation, younger people, young people to come in. And I will tell them, if you are, if any senior going to retire, you are the one, if you are qualified, you are the one to promote from within the group. So people, we have been running, running and see the, the result has shown. But last, uh, last year in 2022, uh, profit after the PACME, we have 128 million. And then the, for the first, first half, uh, we have 65 million. The next, the next week, we can see the result. But I cannot say because we have, we have to go through the subject to the, audit, the audited result. And then next week, then we have an announcement. The proof will be in the pudding. And Tan Sri wishing you all success in your endeavours on the Breakfast Grill. Tan Sri Dr. Lim Hock San, Executive Chairman of LBS Bina Group. I'm Philip C, BFM 89.9. The BFM Breakfast Grill, brought to you by U-Mobile, Malaysia's number one 5G network. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.